0: If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to our podcast and join us every month at Soundbites for more insights on understanding, managing, and thriving with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. My name is Sheikh
1: Mozavarian, and joining me today to discuss phototherapy as an effective treatment option for psoriasis is renowned dermatologist Dr. Joel Gelfand. He is the James J. Laden Professor of Dermatology and Epidemiology at the University of Pennsylvania Perelman School of Medicine where he's also the director of the Psoriasis and Phototherapy Treatment Center, the vice chair of clinical research, and the medical director of the Dermatology Clinical Studies Unit. Dr. Gelfand is also co-chair of the National Psoriasis Foundation's COVID-19 Task Force and is a member of the foundation's scientific advisory committee. The overarching goal of his research and clinical practice is to improve psoriasis patient outcomes in the skin and joints while lowering the risk for comorbidities. Welcome, Dr. Galfand. It's such a pleasure having you back on Soundbites. To start our discussion today, are there specific locations where phototherapy can be used in this effective treatment option?
2: Well, phototherapy is quite effective for people with psoriatic disease. So unfortunately, no treatment is universally right for all patients, and, and phototherapy is certainly one of those. Phototherapy is best for patients who have psoriasis on areas that are accessible to ultraviolet light. So if the psoriasis is on the trunk and the extremities, face, those are areas that all do very well with ultraviolet light phototherapy. If the psoriasis is mainly on the scalp or the genitals or the fingernails. Well, those are areas that are not as appropriate for being managed ultraviolet light phototherapy. It's also not particularly effective for psoriatic arthritis. So the main time I use ultraviolet light in people with psoriatic arthritis, maybe if they're on a treatment for their arthritis and their joints are really well controlled, but their skin disease is still active. In that case, ultraviolet light could be useful because you can maintain the effective therapies they're on for their joint disease and then try and clear up the skin. The other issue really is whether or not the therapy needs to be done sort of chronically or intermittently. So a lot of people with psoriatic disease prefer intermittent treatment. They realize that their disease is mainly worse in the winter and the spring and the summer when the weather's better, it's not so bad. For a lot of patients say, you know what, I'm just gonna come up for treatments in the wintertime and spring and I'll get cleared up and then I'll maintain my skin being cleared by being outside and getting some natural sunlight during the summertime. And for patients in that scenario, if it works well for them, it's a great option. We get a little more concerned about patients who need to continue phototherapy indefinitely. that They need to do treatments two or three times a week for months and months and months or years and years. There we get more worried about the risk of damage to the skin, like sun damage or even a risk of skin cancer, although that's not been definitively proven yet. It's something that we are worried about. So I usually tell my patients, we're going to try a course of phototherapy. If you have a great response and you're able to come off of it and have a pretty good remission, it's a great option for you. But if you find that you had a great response and your psoriasis comes right back the second you stop it, well, then maybe we should be on a treatment that's a little more convenient to use and something you have to come in and do three times a week in the office or even potentially at home. It might be burdensome to continue
1: that long term for people. And what types of psoriasis will phototherapy most effectively treat?
2: So, phototherapy is great for plaque psoriasis, great for guttate psoriasis, and works pretty well for Palmer planter psoriasis, be it Palmer planter pustulosis or palmoplantar plaque psoriasis. Now, these are one of the hardest versions of psoriasis to treat. And there, when we're doing with the palms and soles, we'll often use something called topical puva, where we're putting something called sorolin on the skin for about 15 minutes, and then using ultraviolet A light, a special wave on the light that can really penetrate deep into the skin to interfere with the communication from the immune system to the skin and drive psoriasis into remission.
1: So what are the most common types of phototherapy
2: that dermatologists prescribe? I think that most dermatologists who are active in managing medical cases in dermatology, including psoriasis, should have a narrowband UVB phototherapy machine in their office. It's sort of a standard of care option for psoriasis. But then we have other modalities like the external laser which is basically taking advantage of the ability to deliver to single wave of the light that narrow band UVB uses, something called 311. But since you're able to focus it on an individual plaque of psoriasis, you give a much higher dose than the normal skin can tolerate, right? Because in psoriasis, these thick plaques, they won't burn very much from ultraviolet light, whereas a normal skin can. So when someone's going into a UVB booth and getting exposed to their normal skin, we give a lower dose so we don't burn their normal skin than what their psoriasis skin can tolerate. So with eczema laser, we're able to get very high doses of light just to the psoriasis. And that often results in more rapid clearance of the individual spots, as well as, in some cases, more prolonged durations of remission. Now, eczema laser, though, is really labor intensive. And so it can only really be used for localized psoriasis. So then about, about three to four or five percent of the surface area, the patient when it's getting more than that, it's time consuming to do. And then you really have to do regular narrowband phototherapy. There's been other treatments available, sorolin plus UVA, uh, the sorolin given by mouth. We don't really use that much anymore because narrowband phototherapy is so effective. And sorolin plus UVA in people with fair skin, if they have many treatments, it certainly increases the risk of skin cancer, and that's an avoidable thing because UVB can be just as effective, or we have other treatment options. For example, I've had patients with serious cancers or active lymphomas where the oncology team was uncomfortable with immune-targeted therapies, while well, PUVA is a great option in that circumstance. Topical PUVA is often available in expert centers that deal with palmar diseases, including palmar plantar and palmar plantar plaque psoriasis.
1: Can you speak about the ideal frequency and duration of phototherapy treatment?
2: So, a number of different studies have been done on this topic, and the data generally shows that people who go three times a week will clear faster and require fewer treatments than those who go only twice a week. Those going twice a week still do pretty well, it just takes a little bit longer, and they may have a slightly higher cumulative dose of ultraviolet light. Going just once a week is not going to cut it. And doing four times more a week is not going to add any benefit. So two to three times a week is really the sweet spot. Optimal benefit usually comes somewhere around eight to 12 weeks or so. Uh, of course, it's very individual from patient to patient. And what's nice about ultraviolet phototherapy is that unlike a lot of our treatments, which are one dose, of one size fits all, with phototherapy, we can really titrate it to the patient's response. You know, some patients may clear very rapidly. And then they could go into a maintenance phase where they just get treatment once a week to try and maintain clearance, or they could stop phototherapy if they tend to have long remissions, whereas other patients may feel, okay, I need longer treatment to get to the, the position of where I want to be with my psoriasis. So we can really individualize it to the patient's unique circumstances.
1: And Dr. Galfand, what considerations, if any, should be taken when treating skin of color, such as frequency and duration?
2: So frequency and duration are basically the same, regardless of of skin color type. It's really the dose we give patients. And so I've been part of the guidelines from the American Academy of Dermatology and the National Psoriasis Foundation, we put out dosing regimens for our colleagues to follow. And basically, a person of color can tolerate higher doses of ultraviolet light without having a sunburn or any problems like that, and need higher doses to penetrate through the pigment in the skin to treat their psoriasis, whereas fair skin people need a, a lower dose Especially initially, so they don't burn their uninvolved skin. Their skin does not have psoriasis, and they have it gradually titrated up. In the office, this is fairly easy to do because the machines have a lot of bulbs and deliver the energy very rapidly. So, a fair skin person in the office may take 30 seconds to a minute or two minutes max to get their total treatment time. A person of color with dark skin, by the time they're getting towards the end of their phototherapy, may take between five and eight or nine or 10 minutes to get a full treatment dose. That's still a pretty short period of time, if you think about it. We're telling it's five to 10 minutes here. At home, we're still trying to understand that situation because in the office, you're getting like 36 to 40 bulbs. At home, you get around eight to nine bulbs. And the light study will answer this question for us. If we find only having eight or nine bulbs is not enough to be effective for patients of color, then that would be important finding to improve that option for patients. When we first got involved in the study, when we spoke to manufacturers, a lot of them all had their machines defaulted for every patient to be what's called skin type one, very fair skin, like someone who has Irish skin, for example, or a redhead with blue eyes. And so if that was the case, a person of color would never get to an effective treatment dose if the machine was calibrated for someone such fair skin. So even just doing the white studies built awareness for the manufacturers out there That they need to calibrate their machines based on patients' skin type, how dark their skin is.
1: We know there are some side effects associated with use of phototherapy. You mentioned risk of sunburn. What are the normal side effects to expect, and are there any effects that would cause treatment to be stopped? We expect
2: most patients will have minimal degree of of sunburn-like reaction. That's sort of the sweet spot. So patients should expect. About six hours after treatment, they may get a little pink in their skin and that goes away within a few hours. That's a sweet spot to be in. Occasionally, a patient may get doses a little too high for them and they may have a little bit of a sunburn that lasts for about 24 hours or so. And then we know to lower the dose for that individual. Those are really the, the, the major issues. Phototherapy is a very safe thing to do when delivered properly. If the dose is set properly, the patients do fine. They need to cover their eyes and men need to cover their genitals. But other than that, it's a very safe treatment to do. Occasionally, very rarely, you may run into a patient who's photosensitive, that they don't adapt to increasing doses of light. They keep on having sunburn-like reactions. In that case, phototherapy is not going to be the right treatment option for that patient and need to move on to other modalities. But most patients do very well with this treatment.
1: And is skin cancer a potential risk from using phototherapy?
2: We're always doing skin checks on patients. We're keeping an eye out for any signs of sun damage or skin cancer, things of that nature. The data to date seem to suggest that ultraviolet B phototherapy doesn't seem to increase the risk of skin cancer over time, which is Kind of hard to believe, and certainly it's possible if, if large enough studies are done with longer term follow up that in fact there may be some risks of skin cancers from uh, ultraviolet phototherapy. And so therefore, it's important for patients to get checked maybe at least once a year just to make sure they don't have any signs of sun damage or other things that are suspicious on the skin. But as a practical matter, taking care of many many patients over the years, it's very rare that a patient says to me, "Oh, uh, you know, I, I got too many skin cancers from phototherapy." That's usually not the case.
1: And Dr. Galfin, can you talk to us a little bit about the barriers to accessing phototherapy? Of course,
2: there are some downsides. The, the biggest downside is really the inconvenience. In modern times, it's very difficult for people to like, get to the office uh, two or three times a week for these treatments of phototherapy. Now, the treatments themselves are very short. They only take a few minutes to do. But that time leaving work, going to the, the unit to get treated, and leaving going back to work, that's very time consuming for many people. The other barrier out there is that oftentimes insurance companies will make patients pay copays each time they get phototherapy. So, a biologic can cost $60,000 a year to the health system, but may cost a patient nothing. And then, phototherapy may cost $1,000 or $2,000 a year to the health system, but cost the patient a lot of money because they're paying copays every time they get a treatment. So, this sort of the health systems barrier that patients face. And then the last thing is that phototherapy centers are concentrated in dermatology offices, right? So many patients don't live close to a dermatologist who offers phototherapy. In fact, 90% of counties in the U.S. do not have a dermatologist in it that offers phototherapy. So that means for most patients out there, the average patient who may be a great candidate for phototherapy and wants to pursue it may have a hard time accessing it, either due to their, their own demands on their schedule, cost of copays or just having geographic access to phototherapy. And that's why we're currently conducting the
1: LIGHT study. So you mentioned the LIGHT, or Light Treatment Effectiveness Study, which you partnered with NPF to provide. Can you tell us more about the purpose and progress of the LIGHT study?
2: Yes, this is a very different type of research than people are used to. It's, It's called a pragmatic clinical trial. And the idea is that we're just trying to duplicate what happens in the real world. So the inclusion criteria are very simple. It's basically the patient's a candidate, for phototherapy for their psoriasis or glutate psoriasis. And the clinician and patient agree that it's acceptable for them to be treated at home or in the office. And that's the case they're in. so patients don't have to wash out of treatments. They can be on biologics or pills by mouth or other things, psoriatic disease. I've had patients in a trial who were pregnant and on a biologic and not doing well went to the clinical trial. So even women who are pregnant could be in this study because phototherapy is commonly used in pregnant women. And basically, they're randomized, they either get treatment in the office or at home, and then we will follow them for about 12 weeks and compare how well the two groups do in terms of how clear their skin gets and what their patient-reported outcomes are. And it's a very popular study with patients. We're trying to enroll 1,050 patients overall. We're a little more than halfway through enrollment. Our goal is to be as representative as possible of the patient experience out there, so we'd love to have more sites.
1: There's some interesting data around cardiovascular disease with use of phototherapy. Can you please speak to the results of this research? Yeah, so
2: this is quite striking. So in our clinical trials, we found that compared to placebo, that phototherapy improves certain inflammatory biomarkers in the blood. So it actually lowers systemic inflammation in people with psoriasis compared to placebo. It lowers C-reactive protein and lowers interleukin-6. These are both potent biomarkers that predict cardiovascular risk. We've also found that TNF inhibitors like adalumab improve those inflammatory biomarkers, but other psoriasis therapies like ustekinumab or secukinumab, which target interleukins, interleukin 23 or 17, didn't seem to have that type of systemic anti-inflammatory benefit that we were able to document in these placebo-controlled trials. The other thing we saw is that ultraviolet light phototherapy improves HDL, the so-called good cholesterol. And that's very unique. None of the other therapies we've studied, the other biologics that we've looked at had improvements in lipid metabolism. Other investigators have looked at this a little bit as well. There's some data out there that ultraviolet light can lower blood pressure in people, but it's really been an under-investigated area of research. I think that the people who do cardiovascular research and those who do photobiology research, they're working in different fields and there's not been enough opportunity to collaborate to fully understand whether or not ultraviolet light has meaningful long-term benefits in terms of our cardiovascular health.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Gelfand, for being here today to share information about the use of phototherapy. Do you have any closing comments you'd like to share with our listeners today?
2: So in summary, despite an amazing amount of progress in the, the targeted treatments for psoriatic disease ultraviolet light remains a very relevant way to manage psoriasis patients who prefer to use something that's not necessarily a systemic medication. I think the key thing to keep in mind is that psoriasis is a very complicated individual disease and chronic and incurable. And so our patients really need all the options available to them. They need to be able to get topical medications, ultraviolet light phototherapy, pills, and biologics for the management of psoriatic disease so we can give them the
1: best outcomes possible. Thank you, Dr. Galfand, for an informative update about phototherapy as a treatment. I look forward to hearing future updates from the light study. If you would like to participate in the light study, visit psoriasis.org forward slash light study. For more information about types of phototherapy, targeted versus whole body treatments, and tips for success with phototherapy, request our free phototherapy booklet by contacting our patient navigation center by emailing education at psoriasis.org or by calling 800-723-9166, option one, today. And finally, thank you to our sponsors who provided support on behalf of this SoundBites episode through unrestricted educational grants from bristol myers Janssen, and UCB.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of SoundBites for people with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. If you or someone you love has ever struggled with psoriatic disease, our hope is that through this series you'll gain information to help you lead a healthier life and inspire you to look to the future. Please join us for another inspiring podcast. You can find this or all future episodes of SoundBites on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Ghana, and the National Psoriasis Foundation webpage.